This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King. I'm Jane Klein, Sally Lucas. An interesting place to go today. It is, Jane, and it's been in the papers a lot lately, I guess, the Kimberley with this awful sort of um, suggestion that we should turn some of that wonderful coastline into mining, you know, and it's, I just think that would be the, the degradation of all time. And there's been many letters to the editor from all sorts of people saying this just must not happen. You know, where are our pollies going? You know, we have this beautiful, wonderful country and this rugged, pristine coastline. Why would you want to obliterate it with with mining and oh, just you know you just don't want to do that do you but so I thought we'd just say we'll talk about Australia as it's no place like home and I think we all say that even though we love traveling overseas and exploring and adventuring when you get back home you just go oh gee it's nice to be back home we do have some lovely things in this country yeah and food as well don't we Jane mm-hmm, I mean there's absolutely. some countries you can go to and, and the food isn't as good as we get sometimes it's better but I mean you miss little things and we're so lucky we've got fruit nearly all year round that we can have and other places just aren't that lucky and we only discussing that the other day with a friend if only we could sort of all the people out there that are a little bit negative and carry on a bit about Oz, how about we send them to a third world country and just let them see how those people have to fight for life, some of them, you know, and, and I think we learn a lot from that. And that's where travel is good for us, that we can bring something home and, and do something with our own lives and, and try and rethink, I think, how we live our lives. But I won't get too too heavy on that there. <laughs> we'll just take a look at part of the lucky country. We will take a look at part of the, And the part we're looking at is the Kimberley. I thought we'd love to talk about that area because it is so beautiful and I've only seen you know, a smidgen of it and I know you've seen some smidgens of it as well but it's it is stunning the colors are just mind-blowing aren't they I mean the the, the beautiful Quite reds different. and mm. ochres and oh, I don't know and then you've got the, the water is just brilliant and the waterfalls when it's just after the wet I mean it's, it's the best time to go really I feel is after the wet because if you go in the dry season okay you're not going to have any rain but then you're not going to have any waterfalls so you know to go after the wet is one of your best times to do I feel that that top end of Australia right across the top end really so you're experiencing the wonderful blooms of water lilies and the greenness the lushness the waterfalls you know all of that but the Kimberley is fantastic and I think we take a lot for granted and we've got a wonderful backyard of our own to explore and you shouldn't just keep saying, oh, well, leave it till I'm older or leave it till I'm later. Or, you know, do it now. Do it. It's beautiful and just do it. But Orion Cruises, I thought I'd just mention Orion. They do expedition cruises around that area, all around the top end and up into New Guinea. And it's a wonderful way of really just sitting back and getting into these areas that you normally, as we know, wouldn't get to by land. So a vessel is a wonderful way to explore parts of the Kimberley. And you, you go into, as we were just mentioning, waterfalls, and you've got this incredible tide that rises metres, you know, and rushes through into gorges and just spectacular for you to view and they, and they have zodiacs that will take you ashore and some of these expedition vessels even have helicopters on the back so you can do some, some helicopter flights as well. Um, Orion in particular has wonderful food. They have um, the foods all been created by Serge Dansereau of the Bathers um, Pavilion fame if you know that lovely restaurant in Sydney. So you're getting fantastic food on board. Beautiful state of the art you know, state rooms. It takes about 100 passengers and you've got about 75 staff. So you're getting very good service on board. But you do get to see some wonderful things in the Kimberley and it's mainly from April to September that they do these expedition cruises, of course. And as I said, I think it would be lovely to do it maybe around that May 
time when you're still getting that tail end of, of the wet and can really explore the Kimberley. And there's plenty to do because they, they take you ashore constantly for bushwalks, going to, you know, beautiful art, Aboriginal art sites. And then when you're near areas, of course, where there's a township, you'll be taken to museums or galleries or whatever there is to see. Um, and so it's not, you're on the go all the time, even though you're on a vessel, you're not just sitting. On, on the boat, obviously you relax of an evening, but you're ashore frequently. So you are exploring the Kimberley in a, in a wonderful way. And these cruises, you can either do a round trip or a one-way trip. They, they operate between Broome and Darwin. Um, so you can do, a, you know, as I said, a circle trip or start in Darwin or start in Broome and do a lovely cruise. And as I said, if you're interested, they do some wonderful cruises into Rabaul and New Guinea, again, into inaccessible areas where you normally would not be able to reach by any other means. And because these are small vessels, of course, this is is the beauty that they can get, get in and nose and nudge into these areas, which of course a larger cruise ship can't do. So, yeah, just, just think of home, think of the Kimberley, and also just one little thing I thought I'd mention, which is quite a miracle, is our Lake Eyre. Now, it's the third largest salt lake in the world, and it's often empty, as we know, but this year is one of those rare years when it is filling with water. So, if you want to go and see it, it it's been slowly filling since February, apparently, and by May it should be just about absolutely full, and this is when you you get hundreds and thousands of bird life, particularly pelicans, etc., coming to roost and, and to go there. Because pelicans, believe it or not, are an inland bird. We think of them as, a, as a, a coastal bird, but they are actually an inland bird, and they only come coastal when they haven't got the water inland. So this is a wonderful spectacular. So May this year, if anyone wants to hop in their car or there are coach tours that are covering this area where these wonderful rivers come down from the north, the Diamantina, the Georgina, into the Warburton, and then it starts slowly filling up Lake Eyre. So that's really quite a spectacle to see and not something that happens all that often. And it's the great inland sea recreating itself. It is. Isn't it amazing? Our country is amazing, though. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7, thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King. Sally Lucas, we've had a wonderful time at home, and now let's head over to another great city. I think it's a great city, but I must admit, I over the years I've had mixed feedback from clients. But we're talking about Venice, and I don't know what you think of Venice, Jane, but I just think it's quite an amazing city and of course it's unique, really. It is totally unique. And yes. it, really, and I mean, as they say, you don't, need a map or the, you can't really no point having a map for Venice because it's really a lazy maze of narrow canals and little alleyways and I, I can always remember when I was in Venice the first time and again Scott and I were just walking down some little cobblestone street and I heard the most beautiful choir of voices this singing was just I'm thinking where is that coming from you know and we sort of narrowed it down to this building or this this door and it was not at all prepossessing from the outside and we carefully opened the door and thought gosh should we be going in and we've tiptoed in and it was a church but you wouldn't have recognized it from the outside it was sort of hidden facade and you went in there was this magnificent church with the choir obviously practicing you know their songs for a coming church service and the actual acoustics in this church was just beautiful and I think Venice is a bit renowned for its music too and I read an article once where they said that um describing Venice as almost a futile activity, um, that only those who breathe and live in Venice can understand the music that floats through the city walls. And it, it is quite like that, I find. And there's always some little surprise around a corner, these little holes in the wall that might be a, a tiny little cafe with a couple of stools, not enough room even for tables and chairs. And we used to stop in at those and just watch the people watch again and watch people drop in just for a little 
shot of whatever they were drinking, you know, an alcoholic shot of something, and a little short black coffee, and they just stand at the bar, have that, and that was what they do on their way home from work. These wonderful little holes in the wall where you just have a drink or, you know, a little cafe, and you, you don't sit there forever or play poker machines or whatever. You, you just are there for social, really, for socialising, and a, a quick chat with someone and you got to know the owner of the little cafe or that little hole in the wall. and That sort of thing really appeals to me in Venice particularly. And the, it's got wonderful um, culture there, of course, art, history. Um, and, of course, you've got the famous Murano glass, you know, with which it's renowned. And just looking at the the, the, do, the palace, you know, the Doge Palace, I always remember a photo I took of that, and it just looks quite surreal, and you see the gondolas and the Bridge of Sighs, and you think of, you know, Shakespeare, don't you? And all, all of that conjures up all sorts of things. And, of course, you've got key tourist attractions there that are quite well known, of course, like Mark Square, the Basilica San Marco, and with the domes and the Palazzo Ducale. But you've also got things like the Peggy Guggenheim collection and you've got the Gallery dell'Accademia, which has got wonderful art in it as well. And you've got all sorts of, just as I said, hidden gems. And, of course, you've still got your shopping there. I mean, it's not just Florence that's famous for its leather and so on. You can also have shopping there with leather and silks and all sorts of street carts and trinkets and lovely jewellery I remember in Venice beautiful gold, really really lovely jewellery, I think I bought my handbag in Venice rather than Florence which I still have you know, that must be 25 years ago so the quality of the um, shopping is very very good uh, we can go to lots of other countries closer to home where really some things fall apart within about a year of getting them home but I guarantee you, you get something you know, good leather in, in Italy and it would, it would last you forever, it really would if you look after it again don't go when it's summer summer in 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 venice is not a good time to go it's hot you know and we just and with only being the canals too i mean they can get a little smelly in the summer months so we always say avoid that july august time go in the off season months or you know spring autumn is a lovely time to go to venice and really take t time you need time in venice to potter to meander and that's what i think venice is all about and you know, they have um, beautiful Easter and Christmas celebrations there if you wanted to go there. I mean, they're very religious still in these cities of Italy and it's wonderful to go there when they're having some of their religious celebrations and taking part in their their way of life. And it is a wonderful thing to do and it, I, I feel it's one of those wonderful cities that you should include to spend more than just a night or two in. You know, it deserves a few days like you would do the same for Paris and other lovely cities of the world. So, yeah, Venice, just one of my little favourites. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. I'm Jane Klein, and uh, we'll be talking travel again here on 2NURFM 103.7.